welcome to Flying Blind Podcast. This is Evita and here I will be talking about my own very unique journey and hope to help you feel good about your own very unique journey. I'll be sharing with you how I am on the no plan plan and how that's actually okay. My hope for you is to listen, feel inspired, to get out there, spread your wings and fly. constantly talking to people about relationships and all kinds of relationships romantic relationships friendships work relationships it's just a topic of conversation with a lot of people as we know communication is crucial in any relationship you have to have good clear communication but it's funny because i want to talk to you guys today about the five love languages and for whatever reason this has come up a lot lately A lot of people know, a lot of my friends do know that I really love talking about the five love languages and I'm not kidding you, I have probably sent the link to the five love languages website to probably about five people in the last couple of weeks. So for whatever reason, this has just come up quite a lot and I decided that it was what I wanted to talk about today. And really what this comes down to and what it's truly about is communication. We know it is important in all relationships and we need to get it right. There are a lot of times in romantic relationships kind of a disconnect and it can be a little bit difficult sometimes because we all experience love very differently. We all give love very differently and we all receive love very differently. We usually go off of what our ideas of love are. And of course, there are a lot of reasons as to why we receive love and perceive love a certain way. That's not what we're going to talk about today. But it really is important to find out how we receive love best. And if you're in a romantic relationship, it is really great to know how the other person receives love. So we know how to give it so that they feel loved. Because a lot of times there is a miscommunication when it comes to this. And even though we think we're showing love a certain way, since the other person might not receive love that same way, they might feel unloved or it can be the other way. You might be a person that really feels loved when, you know, you get a lot of physical affection. And maybe the other person doesn't do that, so you don't feel loved. And they can be showing you love in a different way. And it could be in a way that they receive love best. So there can be very much a disconnect in this type of communication. And a lot of times people just end up feeling unloved, unappreciated. And this is a common theme in a lot of relationships. I found out about the five love languages actually when I was engaged and I was going to get married and I was going to get married through the Catholic Church. So we did have to take some premarital classes as well as do some couples counseling. And when we were in our counseling sessions, the counselor required us to read The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman and also do the Five Love Languages quiz. There is a quiz in the actual book and you can also go online and take this quiz. There's one for couples and then there's, I believe there's even one on there for um, maybe friendships, maybe kids. I believe there are several quizzes that you can take on there and the website is five, the number five, lovelanguages.com. That's five lovelanguages.com and I do recommend that you go on there. There is a lot of content on there that's really useful 
If you know how somebody else receives love, um, that's going to improve your relationship. And if they know how you receive love, that's going to be great too. And it can really open up some great doors to better communication and feeling more loved in a relationship. So I do want to go through these five love languages so you have an idea. But first, I do want to talk about what the book refers to what Gary Chapman refers to as the love tank. And pretty much we want to have our love tank full, right? It's something that we all need. So in the book, he says, love is the most important word in the English language and the most confusing. Both secular and religious thinkers agree that love plays a central role in life. Thousands of books, songs, magazines, and movies are peppered with the word. Numerous philosophical and theological systems have made a prominent place for love. Psychologists have concluded that the need to feel loved is a primary human emotional need. For love, we will climb mountains, cross seas, traverse desert sands, and endure untold hardships. Without love, mountains become unclimbable, seas uncrossable, deserts unbearable, and hardships our lot in life. If we can agree that the word love permeates human society, both historically and in the present, we must also agree that it is a most confusing word. We use it in a thousand ways. We say, I love hot dogs, and in the next breath, I love my mother. We speak of loving activities, swimming, skiing, hunting. We love objects, food, cars, houses. We love animals, dogs, cats, even small snails, nature, trees, grass, flowers, and weather. We love people, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, wives, husbands, friends. We even fall in love with love. If all that is not confusing enough, we also use the word love to explain behavior. I did it because I love her. That explanation is given for all kinds of actions. So yes, love can be very confusing and actually the definition of love is probably different for everyone, which is why it is important to know your love language. And just so you know, when you do take this quiz, you have your primary love language, which is how you receive love the best. And then you do have your secondary, which is the second way. And it will rank, rank you like in order. But you always have your primary and your secondary and then the others that really aren't quite as important to you. So I do want to start with the first love language, which is words of affirmation. And this uses words to affirm other people. I'm going to be reading part of the book for every section of this just so you get a really good grasp on what the author means with these different love languages. So in the part about words of affirmation in chapter 4, he quotes Mark Twain. Mark Twain once said, I can live for two months on good compliment. If we take Twain literally, six compliments a year would have kept his emotional love tank at the operational level. Your spouse will probably need more. One way to express love emotionally is to use words that build up. Um, I'm going to kind of skip through. It says verbal compliments or words of appreciation are powerful communicators of love. They are best expressed in simple, straightforward statements of affirmation such as, you look sharp in that suit. Do you ever look hot in that dress? Wow. So he goes on to give some examples of words of affirmation. And for those people who receive love best through words of affirmation, this is exactly that. I mean, obviously, you need to be genuine and mean what you're saying. So that's another thing, too, that I want to make sure that I express to you. If you know that your significant other, that their, you know, love language is words of affirmation, I mean, be genuine about it. You don't want to just make things up. So, I mean, yeah, give compliments or whatever they may be, but mean it. 
So, you know, it could be if you see your, you know, man or woman and they look really great, you know, just be like, oh, wow, you know, you look really good today or affirm whatever it is that they're doing. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for washing the dishes. Like you don't understand how helpful that is. And I really appreciate it. I had a rough day at work. So like your help is really amazing. You know, something like that. Make them feel good with your words. That's how they feel loved the best. You know, you can say, I really appreciate you picking up the kids. I really, really love that. I can always count on you to do things like that for me. Anything that they do, actions that they take, maybe their appearance, their attitude, assure them with words that you like it, that you appreciate it. So you know what? I really love how you just are always so funny. Like you make me laugh. I love that you make me laugh. Whatever, you get it. But yes, words of affirmation. If that's your love language or you're giving that to somebody whose love language that is, just affirm and validate with the words that you speak. The second love language is quality time. And just so you know, this is actually my main love language. And for the person that um, that has this as their main love language, um, this is about giving someone your undivided attention and really engaging with that other person. So I do want to also read to you um, from the book. And here it says, love language number two, quality time. I should have picked up on Betty Jo's primary love language from the beginning. What was she saying on the spring day when I visited her and Bill in Little Rock? Bill is a good provider, but he doesn't spend any time with me. What good are all our things if we don't ever enjoy them together? What was her desire? Quality time with Bill. She wanted his attention. She wanted him to focus on her, to give her time to do things with her. By quality time, I mean giving someone your undivided attention. I don't mean sitting on the couch watching television together. When you spend time that way, ABC or NBC has your attention, not your spouse. What I mean is sitting on the couch with the TV off, looking at each other and talking, giving each other your undivided attention. It means taking a walk, just the two of you, or going out to eat and looking at each other and talking. Have you ever noticed that in a restaurant, you can almost always tell the difference between a dating couple and a married couple? Dating couples look at each other and talk. Married couples sit there and gaze around the restaurant. You'd think they went there to eat. So yes, it's not just about actually physically being together. It's about really giving each other undivided attention, really engaging the other person, talking, having conversation, and really, it's about communication. I truly get this one because this is my main love language. Like, it, it's great to sit in front of the TV. It's great to watch movies. And that can be like a basis of what to talk about later. But for me, the quality time is the conversation that happens after the movie. And I love to sit and, you know, have a glass of wine and have a really in-depth conversation about something very interesting. That for me is quality time. And if your love language is this, you get that. And if your significant other's love language is quality time, make sure that that quality time isn't just doing things, but doing things together and being truly engaged and like in the same bubble, in the same space, sharing the same space and truly, truly spending time with each other. Now I want to go over the remaining three love languages and we'll do that when we come back from break. Hey everybody, this is Panchito and Mike from the 5 for 5 podcast. And you're currently listening to Flying Blind with Evita. We hope you enjoy it. 
Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. The third love language is receiving gifts. And this one is actually one that I kind of didn't understand at first years ago when I was first introduced to this because I felt it was kind of shallow. And I was, to be completely honest, being very judgmental of this love language. But now, even though it's not my main love language, it's actually at the very bottom for me, I completely understand it. I truly do. Because for some people, You know, yes, what makes them feel loved most are getting gifts, but it should not be seen as shallow because truly gifts are a visual representation of love. And some people are simply visual people. A lot of people, for them to have a feeling provoked in them, they need something visual. They need something tangible. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, different than how I receive love. It's not a shallow thing. Now, can it turn into one? Yeah, absolutely. But if it's truly like love, love that they have for this person, then it's not shallow at all. And also these gifts, they don't have to be anything extravagant, you know, like and receiving a little anything. It can actually even be just a note on a piece of paper. You know, it doesn't have to be something extravagant. It doesn't have to be diamonds and it doesn't have to be, you know, all of these huge things. It can be anything. It's just that people that um, whose love language is receiving gifts need it in a tangible physical form. And there's nothing wrong with that. And here again, I'm going to read from the book, Love language number three, receiving gifts. I was in Chicago when I studied anthropology. By means of detailed ethnographies, I visited fascinating peoples all over the world. I went to Central America and studied the advanced cultures of the Mayans and the Aztecs. I crossed the Pacific and studied the tribal peoples of Melanesia and Polynesia. I studied the Eskimos of the northern tundra and the aboriginal of Japan. I examined the cultural patterns surrounding love and marriage and found that in every culture I studied, gift-giving was a part of the love-marriage process. Anthropologists are intrigued by cultural patterns that tend to pervade cultures and so was I. Could it be that gift-giving is a fundamental expression of love that transcends cultural barriers? It is an attitude of love, always accompanied by the concept of giving? Those are academic and somewhat philosophical questions, but if the answer is yes, it has profound practical implications for Northern American couples. And here he again emphasizes in the book, gifts are a visual symbol of love. So again, I really want to emphasize that this is not a greedy, selfish way to be if this is your main love language. It just has to do with being able to physicalize love. And some people just need that. So just know that if your significant other's language is gifts, find ways to be creative about it. And again, it doesn't have to be anything super fancy or extravagant. And also, if this is your main love language, that's okay too. The fourth love language is acts of service. And for those people, actions speak louder than words. So here again, I'm going to read from the book, Love Language Number 4, Acts of Service. Michelle sat in the living room, pecking away at the laptop. She could hear sounds of the utility room where her husband Brad was catching up with the piles of laundry. She smiled to herself. In recent days, Brad had cleaned the condo, fixed supper, and run the errands, all because Michelle was in the midst of finals for grad school. It made her feel content. Loved. Michelle's primary love language was what I call acts of service. 
By acts of service, I mean doing things you know your spouse would like you to do. You seek to please her by serving her to express your love for her by doing things for her. Such actions as cooking a meal, setting a table, washing dishes, vacuuming, cleaning, changing the baby's diapers, dusting the bookcase, keeping the car in operating condition, paying bills, yada, yada, yada. Um, these are all acts of service. They require thought, planning, time, effort, and energy. If done with a positive spirit, they are indeed expressions of love. And this really reminds me a lot of couples that I hear sometimes, especially the ladies complain that, you know, my man won't help me around the house or he just like leaves his dirty clothes everywhere. And, you know, like I hear that sort of thing. And I would probably say that a lot of these women's love language is acts of service. And if a husband, and I'm, I'm not going to say it's like this in every relationship because it's not, but if a man knows that his woman's um, love language is acts of service, wouldn't that be super useful? Do little things. Do the dishes from time to time, you know, offer to pick up the dry cleaning, offer to pick up dinner. Uh, those things go a really long way if your significant other's love language is acts of service. So you can see why it's important to know your significant other's love language. You can not only make them happy, but really avoid a lot of conflict because they're going to feel loved when you do these things. The last love language is physical touch. In the book, it's and on the website, it's described as appropriate touch. For me, I like to think of it more of physical affection um, because I think a lot of times when people, especially if you're thinking romance or romantic relationships, people just automatically go to like a sexual type of touch, which this is not that at all. It's more physical affection. And I'm going to again read to you from the book so you could get a better idea of what this is. Love language number five, physical touch. Numerous research projects in the area of child development have reached the conclusion babies who are held, hugged, and kissed develop a healthier emotional life than those who are left for long periods of time without physical contact. Physical touch is also a powerful vehicle for communicating marital love. Holding hands, kissing, embracing, and sexual intercourse are all ways of communicating emotional love to one's spouse. For some individuals, physical touch is their primary love language. Without it, they feel unloved. With it, their emotional tank is filled and they feel secure in the love of their spouse. Of the five senses, touching, unlike the other four, is not limited to one localized area of the body. Tiny tactical receptors are located throughout the body. When those receptors are touched or pressed, nerves carry impulses to the brain. The brain interprets these impulses and we perceive that the thing that touched us is warm or cold, hard or soft. It causes pain or pleasure. We may also interpret it as loving or hostile. So as you can see, Gary Chapman does touch on how physical touch is important in our development. We need it. We need it as babies. We need it growing up and we need it in our romantic relationships. It is necessary. And it's, of course, not just, you know, sexual touch. Uh, it's holding hands. You know, if your significant other's love language is physical touch, you know, they're going to be the type of person that when they sit on the couch, they're going to be pressed up against you. They're going to have place their hand on your leg or there's going to be some sort of physical contact. You know, there's going to be something. Most people whose love language is physical touch do need that constant physical affection. And if they don't get that, if you don't know that about your significant other and you're not a touchy-feely person and you're not giving that, they're going to feel unloved. So again, know that physical touch isn't just something, you know, romantic. It's a hug, an embrace, uh, just little things. And that's important to know about your partner. 
So there you go, guys. Those are the five love languages. And I hope this gave you a little bit of insight and I hope it kind of piqued your curiosity. So you'll want to go and do these love language quizzes. And I urge you to do one for yourself and have your partner do one too. It's so important to know what your significant other's love language is and also to know your own. Once you know these things, it really opens up a lot of doors and you're able to give the love to your partner that they truly not only want, but that they need to feel loved. And then in turn, they can do that to you and it could really, truly amplify your relationship. So please go to the fivelovelanguages.com website and take these quizzes. And of course, you can buy the Five Love Languages book. That, of course, is much more in-depth and gives some really great insight and it can be really great for you and your loved ones. You're listening to Flying Blind Podcast. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. Before I share a final quote with you, I would like to thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to listen to me on this episode of Flying Blind. I hope you took something positive away from listening today. I would also love to get any feedback, suggestions, or ideas. You can find me and reach me on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat at Evita Carrasco. That's E-V-I-T-A-C-A-R-R-A-Z-C-O. Remember to subscribe, like, love, and follow us on Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. I'd like to share one final quote with you by Mother Teresa. Spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. I really hope that you take this quote to heart and that you live your best life. I hope you join me on the next episode of Flying Blind Podcast. And until next time, stay blessed and be positive.